officially open. This is draft season, the NFL draft, just about four weeks away when you listen to this on your favorite podcast platforms. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you. You can, of course, find all of Tony's work on Pro Football Network. I am John Schmuck from the Giants, so this is not a Giants podcast. It's an NFL draft podcast focusing on the process, the prospects, and everything else as we try to entertain, inform, and educate about what's going to happen in the 2023 NFL draft. And it's draft season, which means pro day season is going strong around the country. Our very own Tony Pauline was in Columbus for Ohio State's pro day. We will talk about that and a lot more as rumors, news, numbers, testing, and all that stuff kind of leaks out uh, from all these pro days. And Tony's as locked in as anyone, and he'll give you all that as you move ahead here on draft season. Tony, how has your traveling been? I hope all is well, my friend. Yeah, it was good. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the Ohio State Pro Day when we get into uh, those players. But it was, you know, Pro Day started a little bit slow. And it's not like the Combine where it's one to get guy after another after guy after another because you only had two offensive linemen working out. And, you know, they work them out hard, but, you, you know, you, you can only do so much before the guys are going to pass out. So it's it's a little bit of a different pace compared to what people are used to at the Combine. But, I mean, it, it was worth its weight in gold because I got so much information uh, from watching these guys do the position drills. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, and even more than watching the guys, Tony, right? I mean, all these evaluators, scouts, GMs, coaches, they're just standing there. And you can pretty much walk up to whomever you want, right? Uh, it, you can. I mean, they kind of have people uh, cordoned off. And, you you know, you got to know your place. You don't want to bother Frank Reich while he's sitting there, you know, closely inspecting uh, C.J. Stroud. You may, be, you may get thrown out on your ear, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are tons of people all over the place. Yeah, no question about it. So. We'll get into all that, and then as we move forward along here, folks, here's kind of our game plan here. Next week, we're going to do a mock draft about a month out from the draft, so we'll have that for you next week. Then we're going to dip into a little further into Tony's top fives. We'll get his final top five at each position, but we're not going to talk about the guys we talked about on the previous shows. You'll have to go back and listen to those. They're there for you. We're going to try to dig a little bit deeper into each position group, one show offense, one show defense, to kind of dip into those middle rounds to give you an idea of some of the players you should be keeping an eye on. And then, of course, we'll get the draft week and we'll do all that stuff in terms of getting you ready. Late rumors, breaking news, and, of course, we'll track all the pro days and any trades and news that are happening as well with the draft process. So let's get to it, Tony. Let's start with the quarterbacks, and we'll start with C.J. Stroud since you're yeah. in Ohio State, but we've also had pro days for Bryce Young, pro days for Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. We'll talk about that on next week's show. He's comes a little bit later this week. And then you want to talk about Darren Hall as well, but we can start with C.J. Stroud in Columbus. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was there, and then I saw the way the media, you know, presented it about how this was a great workout. I, I thought this with C.J. Stroud. I thought he basically completed – what he was, wasn't able to do with the combine. What do I mean by that? The combine, all of his short and intermediate stuff was right on the money. At his pro day, his deep stuff was fantastic. And we've talked about it since last September. He is a phenomenal vertical passer. And he showed that uh, during pro day. I thought his shorter and intermediate passes were off the mark. And he was getting frustrated if you saw him. I mean, when I say off the mark, they weren't wild. Receivers were leaving their feet. They were, they were adjusting backwards to grab the passes. They weren't pinpoint accurate, and that's what you wanted a pro day. That's and by the wanted. way, Tony, not to interrupt you real quick, but I thought especially when they had him do some of the movement stuff, right? When he was steady in the pocket, I thought he was fine, but when they had him start doing the rollouts, that's when stuff got a little wonky, which is kind of what the hit's been on him a little bit, right? 
not only that is, you know, at, at a pro day, when you are in your own atmosphere, when you're at a place like the Woody Hayes Center, where he's practiced for the past uh, three years, and you're throwing to receivers, including Marvin Harrison Jr. and Kate Stover, who are not in this year's draft, you have to be pinpoint accurate. So when receivers are adjusting backwards or leaving their feet, you know, that's a bit of a, a, a bit of a, you don't want to see that, let's say. So I, I thought overall, it was a win for C.J. Stroud. I don't think he cemented himself as the guaranteed number one pick because of a, a couple different things. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good performance. I didn't think it was the greatest pro day workout of all time. I've seen better, um, but he did very well. And you know, he's a very likable guy, CJ Stroud. He he's, he comes across very well. He comes across as likable, and I think he's got that going for him. Before we move on from CJ Stroud. How many people were saying, oh, man, I wish Marvin Harrison Jr. was in this draft. He'd be like a top five pick. <laughs> well, you know, that's funny because it, it, there's some advanced scouting. I'll talk about that a little bit later on with, with uh, Jackson Smith. Smith and okay. um, not as many as you would think. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why when we get to the receivers. Oh, that's what you call in the business to tease, folks. Stay tuned. Go. Bryce Young, Tony, um, he got to go next. Now, we did not see him at the Combine. And look, he looked smooth. He looks like a natural at the position, and I think he checked all the boxes, and that was to be expected. Yeah, but he didn't get on the scale, which was a concern to some people. Shocking. I mean, I think all of us saw that coming, right? (laughs) uh, 204-pound, is he actually 204-pound? I was impressed with some of his longer throws. I thought he put good speed on his longer throws, which was a question mark for me. I didn't see passes hanging in the air the way I did with Mac Jones a couple of years ago. So, you know, I, I thought he checked that box. You know, the question with him is obviously size, and he's not going to be able to change that. And you're going to have to be comfortable with that. And, you know, you're going to have to build the system around that. Yeah, no question. All right. Before we get to Darren Hall, let's just check in on Will Levis here. And he shows up in the cutoff shirt, showing off the guns, sun's yeah. out, guns out. Yeah. Uh, he certainly has the physique for it. Um, but again, I think, you know, this is the phrase I've used since we started doing this podcast this year, Tony. It looks like you took a guy that plays a different position and you had him play quarterback. And it, the ball comes out. He's got a cannon. Yeah. He moves well. He's a good athlete. He looks the part, the size. He checks all the boxes. I think he's worthy of a first-round pick. I don't hate Will Levis. I think Will Levis is going to be a good quarterback someday. I think it's going to take a little time. And I think there are some things you have to figure out with decision-making, turnovers, things like that. But – it just doesn't look natural the way it does with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I can't quite put my finger on exactly how to explain it, but he just he just doesn't have that, oh, yeah, that guy was born to play quarterback look like Bryce Young has. I, I wanted, You said decision-making, and you're talking about decision-making during a game, and you're yeah, absolutely right. But you got to wonder about the decision-making during the workout, and what do I mean? The same criticism I heard dur- during the combine – extended to the pro day and that is the guy doesn't know how to throw a touch pass the guy doesn't know how to throw short passes he wants to throw the ball through everybody he wants everything's to throw, one speed right he throws the ball through a wall they said even when he throws corner and fade patterns rather than putting air in the ball he tries to throw a dime into the receiver it's like he's trying to throw the ball through a receiver he does it even when he's warming up and you know that's part of a decision making you know we all know that will levis has a huge arm he made some magnificent deep passes, some of those deep outs right on the money, which are going to wow everybody. But you may only try that two or three times during a game. Right. It's the five and 10-yard screen passes that you have to be able to set up and lead your running back out of the backfield. The easy those, stuff, right? Right. It's those shorter outs. 
You know, it's the eight-yard outs that you've got to place there, and, and you may have to put some touch to make it catchable. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring a name here in here, Zach Wilson. I mean, everybody got got crazed over that one great pass that Zach Wilson made in his pro day, where he rolled out, he threw it 40 yards down the field on done. Zach Wilson can't throw a short pass, and I'm can, can continue to hear that from people about Will Levis. Yeah, he's got a great arm, and he's he's hell bent on showing off that great arm. But football quarterback is more than just passing the ball 30, 40 yards downfield on a dime with speed. And he's not shown that yet. And, and that is part of the decision making. You know, we, we we know what Will Will Levis does well, but you know, he hasn't shown the ability to make those easy, quick, those easy soft passes, those touch passes throughout this whole process. Yeah, and then the two other things I'll bring up, and you know, I was listening, uh, looking, going through some of the PFF data on him, which they track, you know, deep passes and stuff like that. And he actually, even in his great year in 2021, Tony, while he showed he could do it, he didn't have a ton of big plays down the field either. And you wonder about his, because, you know, deep passes require touch too, right? You got to put touch on these to time it up. And the other thing I'll throw out there, unlike Anthony Richardson, who we're not going to talk about today, we'll talk about him a lot next week because he'll have his pro day. He did, you know, 13 starts, did not play a lot of football. Will Levis has played a lot of football. He's thrown a lot of passes and there's still turnover issues. So, you know, you talk about, the progress he's made with all his snaps, you know, how much more is there still to, to make at the NFL level? And I think those are things that decision makers and now, you know, we'll see what happens in a month, but the, the theme now seems to be that Will Levis is going to be the fourth guy who's going to drop into the teens or the twenties. We'll see if that happens. I'd like to know what you're hearing on that, but I think those are the things that people are kind of asking questions about with him. Yeah. I haven't heard anything on that yet. I'll hear more as we get into April because that's when they have the final meetings. But the fact is this, Ryan Leaf, Achilles Smith, you, we can go back and talk about big, strong arm quarterbacks who relied on that big, strong arm. How about Kyle plays. Bowler, Blake Bortles, like go through like Jake Locker, go through the list. You can, you can get away with that on Saturday. You cannot get away with that on Sunday. And that goes back to your initial thought, his issues, reading, reading defenses, reading the field, seeing the, the, the defensive secondary, which a pro day or a combine workout's not going to tell you about. Yes, 100%. All right, let's go on to Darren Hall here, Tony. Darren Hall of uh, BYU had a terrific workout. You know, everybody wants to talk about the C.J. Shrouds, the Bryce Youngs, the Will Levises. There is a solid group of second-tier quarterbacks here, the Aiden O'Connells, the Doreen Thompson-Robinsons, and Jaron Hall of BYU, who are starting to separate themselves in the sense that there may be late day two or early day three picks for a team that doesn't need a quarterback right away, may have a veteran. And Hall had a terrific workout at BYU. I mean, he threw the ball downfield with speed, which was a question. He's out. He's exceptional, rolling out and throwing the ball on the move. Some of the they had him throw a very his workout was a very difficult workout in the sense that they asked him to make some very difficult passes, and he was on the money with those throws. He's not a drop back quarterback. The big the big concerns about him are his footwork dropping into the pocket because of BYU takes everything out of the shotgun. Uh, but the, the thing is, is if he takes if he takes a snap from under center, people tell me it's going to be more of a bootleg play where he rolls outside the pocket. Hall is a guy who I think is very sneaky, could go late third round. I have him more as a day three pick, but he, he's definitely rising up draft boards. And he's not a guy that you're going to draft in 2023 and expect him to start this fall. He's a guy that a year or two down the road, team like the Los Angeles Rams or even the Detroit Lions that are looking for a future quarterback and could go in that direction. Yeah, I love Aiden O'Connell as that, you know, you want a guy that's going to be a really good backup quarterback for like 12 years in the NFL. And if you need him to start four or five games, you can get away with it. I think, you know, he's not mobile, but he's accurate. He can stand in the pocket. 
I think he's like that perfect, like, okay, he's going to be a backup in this league for 15 years. He's going to be really good at it. Um, Let's go to the running backs. Roshan Johnson, Tony, a guy that we haven't talked about a ton because we've talked about his teammate Bijan Robinson a lot. But look, he was only at the Senior Bowl for one day until he hurt his hand, if I remember correctly, right? Correct. And look, you want to talk about a guy that checks all the boxes in terms of size. He's an he's impressive to me, and I think he's going to be a day two pick, and he's going to be a a really good back in the NFL. You know, took a back seat to Bijan Robinson, but did a good job of it. Didn't whine, didn't transfer. And the thing about Roshan Johnson that he showed during his pro that teams love so much is he's a complete back. He gets downhill. He's a pounder. He's also got good short area quickness. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's an exceptional blocker, either for the passer or if you watch the Texas film, he gets out front and, and blocks for Bijan Robinson uh, exceptionally well. So you're right. He's a day-two pick. He's going to kind of fall under the radar, but he's one of those guys who could be a real good number three back. What I'm hearing is could be a real good number three back at the next level as a pass catcher as a short yardage runner or as a, as a blocker, if necessary, people were impressed with the versatility and the skill that he showed during the Texas pro day. And that has helped elevate his draft stock. Yeah. People want timeshare running backs and he definitely has the skill set where he can have specific areas. We could use them in and, and, you know, I think play more than 50% of the snaps, depending on where he ends up. All right, let's go to Chris Rodriguez, Jr. Tony, this is someone we, I don't think we've mentioned once so far on draft season. So tell the fans about him. Yeah. Ran four, five, two during his pro day. Team, you know, scouts wanted to see that he was going to get, uh, he was going to run under four five five. Get Tell away. fans where he's from, Tony. What school? I'm sorry, Kentucky. He's yep. the guy from Kentucky. He was suspended the first four games this season for something that it turned out he was completely innocent of. He is your Roshan Johnson type in the sense that he's a bigger back. He's more of a downhill ball carrier, but he's a violent runner. I mean, he is an explosive, violent runner. He will carry the pile. He will pick up a lot of yards off initial contact. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. His pro day last week, teams wanted to know that he wasn't a 4-6-5 guy. He ran a 4-5-2. That really helped him a lot. I, I think he could slide into the late part of day uh, day two. Teams are telling me more like fourth round. But again, if you're like looking for that rotational type of guy who's an interior ball carrier, can catch the ball in the backfield, Chris Rodriguez did it. And with his running four or five, two seconds in the 40, people say he he proved that he's not just a slow-footed, heavy-footed type of ball carrier. Now, this guy's been mentioned on the podcast before. We have not talked about him a ton, but from what I can tell, looking at different evaluations, people are kind of all over the map on Sean Tucker, the running back out of Syracuse. Could go undrafted. The story with Sean Tucker is this. I don't know that he failed the con- the medical at the combine, but there were a lot of red flags, and the combine would not allow him to work out because of the medical results. Oh, he wow. Did, okay. He did, he did not work out at his pro day because of this. Now, he's going back to the combine recheck in Indianapolis, which happens each year. He goes. There's probably going to be about uh, 50 guys or so who go back for the combine recheck. That's going to take place in about 10 days. If he gets the green light, to continue to start football activities, he'll try and get a workout in before uh, the draft. If he doesn't get the green light, Sean Tucker's not going to be drafted. Uh, I was not told what the injury was. It seems to me to be more of a medical condition. That's my speculation because I was not told the exact details. But, I mean, we talked about Sean Tucker's potentially being a day two pick, early day three pick, early fourth round pick. The medical conditions, and I said this time and time again whenever we talk about the combine, it's the medicals that are the most important. And we're seeing with Sean Tucker, a potential top 125 pick, who, if it's not figured out within the next couple of weeks, he's going to go undrafted. 
Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing we like to stress here, too. You know, we could talk about the guys on tape, and Tony obviously, you know, hears a lot of stuff through his reporting. But things like medical, off the field, there are stuff that teams have that we don't. So you got to keep that in mind as we do all these evaluations, and then we see where the teams draft these players. All right, let's go to tight end. Another guy with some medical yeah. issues is Dalton Kincaid, Tony. Uh, it came out, and I believe he said it himself, uh, one of those little bones you have in your back, he had a fracture on one of those. So he really hasn't been able to do anything yet in that pre-draft process. Jim Nagy told us that when we had him on yeah. before the senior bowl. And again, he did not work out at his pro day. So is he going to do a workout before the draft? Do you think what's going on with Dalton Kincaid? I was told it's sort of going to be a, a wait and see situation. If they can get a workout in before, before the draft, they will. It's it's a situation where they don't want to get a workout in where he's doing vertical jump where he's running routes and he re-injures the uh, you know he refractures or, or hurts that uh, that fracture he has in, in the small area. Well, frankly, back. Tony, if he's hurt, you don't want him to do it, and then his times and jumps aren't good. That's just going to hurt him, you know. Or you know he's not ready for camp or something like that. So right. I'm told with Kincaid, it's sort of a we'll see what happens moving forward. I, I got to say it's less than 50-50 right now. He gets a workout in. But as I said, when I wrote about it, Pro Football Network, you know, I don't know that he really needs to. Yeah, you want to get a time on the guy. You want to see that Dalton Kincaid is not just, you know, a 4-8 guy who looks really fast on film. But you watch Kincaid. He streaks down the sidelines. He gets into the secondary. He beats the linebackers. He beats safeties. And he's a tremendous pass catcher. It'll be interesting to see if he works out uh, before the draft. I don't, I don't know that it's going to happen, though. And he's great after the catch, too, by the way. Um, just good player. Uh, I think – do you think he's the first tight end off the board, Tony, if you had the bet no, right now? I, I still think he's going to be Mayer. I, I think Mayer first. Mayer ran the 4-7 at the combine, and we all thought he was a 4-8 guy. Mayer is – he's not the downfield threat, but he's a sturdier pass catcher. He'll get in the crowd liking K, and I think he's a better blocker. And, and we'll play this game more next week. How many tight ends in the first round for you do you think go? Two, maybe three. I think it's going to be Mayer and either Musgrave or Kincaid or Musgrave and Kincaid. Fair enough. All right, let's go to wide receiver. You mentioned you were at the pro day and you tease this. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he did run the 40, something yep. I think both of us didn't think he was going to do. Albert Breer reported, I think he had a 4-5-1 or 4-5-3 on one watch, something like that. Those are kind of the times I've been around. Now we also know that Ohio State, Pro day times are usually very fast. So I don't know how they set up the 40-yard dash. Is it a 39-yard dash? Is it a downhill 40-yard dash? Whatever the case might be. But that time, I think, is exactly where we all thought he was going to be. And I think that's certainly good enough given what he's shown on tape. Yeah, well, I had 4-4-8. I was hearing 4-4-8 to 4-5-3, and I heard a lot of 4 4 eights, and and the release that was sent out was 4-4-8. Now, it's interesting you say that about Ohio State because I brought that up. You know, Ohio State – Back in the day, used to have a, a piece of turf that was hard as a rock that they would run the 40-yard dash on. At When I was there, they just ran it basically on the field, on the practice field. Oh, it was okay. not a specific area. So I, I don't know that you can say uh, you got to add five one-hundredths of a second uh, to the time. The fact is this. People will say, well, Smith, he only runs a 4-4-8. He ran a 4-5. The route running was incredible. The footwork was incredible. I mean, the, the change of direction – seamlessly getting in and out of routes with great balance, multiple cut routes that he would run completely on balance for a great pass downfield. You mentioned Marvin Harrison Jr. before. Here's the thing. You could see a stark difference. Marvin Harrison Jr., when he was asked to run the same routes as uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, he would have to throttle down, gather himself, 
get in and out of breaks. Where Smith and Jigba was seamless at it. It was natural to him. It was it, it was like a ballerina, if you will, with the footwork and with the balance. So I think with him is, you know, more and more, we've talked about this on the phone, uh, on the show. Yeah, you want that guy who runs a 4-3, but you also want that guy who can separate, you know, an underneath coverage, who can separate 15 yards down the field. Smith and Jigba not only showed that on film, but with the footwork and the routes that he ran during pro day, it, it, it was it was it was absolutely a thing of beauty. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think I've gone back and forth on this a million times. I think he's my wide receiver one. He's yeah. my top ranked wide receiver in this class, Tony. I always go with the route runners. He's fast enough. We have questions about everyone at the top of this wide receiver class, and I think I have the fewest questions about him. All right, let's go to Demario Douglas. This is somebody yeah. we have not talked about. Tell the fans about him, school, and and what he did at his pro day. Demario Douglas from Liberty, uh, an underclassman, participated in the Shrine game. He was fantastic in Shrine Bowl practices. He's almost like a Jackson Smith Njigba light in the sense that he, you know, he ran in the high four threes at, at the combine. He is a sensational route runner. He's a little bit small, five eight and a quarter, uh, uh, thirty inch arms, eight and three quarter inch hands, but he ran a seven flat uh, three cone at, at, at during pro day, which is a good time. He showed that great route running ability. He catches everything that's thrown in his direction. He's a day three pick. He's going to fall under the radar. Again, he's had a great process. Really good at the Shrine game. Terrific combine. Excellent uh, pro day. going to be day three pick. He's going to be a terrific slot receiver. Return specialist at the next level. He was asked to field punts uh, during his pro day. Did a real good job of it. And a guy who is number four, maybe number three receiver at the next level. All right, let's go to Tang Dell out of Houston. Yeah. I know there was some controversy about his 40 time at the combine. Yeah. It wasn't as good as people thought. It was high four fours, right? If I recall, he was awesome at the senior bowl in mobile. How do you do it? His pro day tone. Well, here's the thing is he didn't run again, which I found very curious because you're right. I, I mean, we all thought he was going to run in the four threes. And then when there was some talk that, okay, well they, they started to watch early on him. And, and, you know, there was all this uh, controversy, but he didn't run. I mean, that's what he, he all he did was did position drills. So I, I guess the tank tail that we saw, and, and I'm looking at the uh, report right now, the fastest hand time at the combine was a four four three. I guess that's what tank tail is uh, as far as uh, forty times concerned. Which is fine, by the way. That's right. a good time, uh, especially when you run routes like him. He's right. a Smith Nigeria type of route runner, as we saw at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he was beating guys off the line, and once he got a little bit of room, they couldn't cover him. I just found it very interesting. We all thought he was a 4-3 guy, didn't run 4-3s at the Combine, doesn't run at his pro day. That, to me, was the most interesting thing. I don't think it hurts him. I still think he's a uh, you know a third-round type guy. He's going to have to uh, improve as, as a punt returner because he's going to be asked to do that. And if you remember, at senior world practices, he was uh, dropping as many punts as he was catching passes when they had him do that. Uh, but, but it was interesting to me that he didn't run the 40. No question about it. All right, uh, let's go to the offensive tackle, unless you had something else on Marvin Harrison. Harris Johnson. No, no, I said, do you have anything else on Marvin Harrison from your tease before? You're good? Uh, No, 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 that that was it. It was just that, you know, everybody, you know, obviously Marvin Harrison is going to be a top 10 pick or or is projected to be a top 10 pick in 2024. He's a great receiver. You know, he's long, he's fluid, and he's got good speed. But again, you know, when, when you pair him up to a guy like Smith and Jigba, you can see, you know, I don't want to say that he's a bad route runner, but when you pair him up next to a great route runner, you see a big difference. Well, and bigger guy too. It's always going to be a little, you know, tougher for right. those guys to come in and out of breaks. No question of about it. All right. Let's go offensive tackle. You had two of them 
That could be first-round picks. We'll see at the Ohio State Pro Day, Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson. Big difference. One's moving up. The other one's moving down. Paris Johnson is moving up draft boards. I think he solidified or cemented himself as a top 10 pick at pro day. Basically did uh, just did position drills. And, you know, he was a bigger version of Jackson Smith and Jigba in the sense that he showed great footwork. He showed great balance. A lot of the drills that they had him do are not relevant to football. But what they want to see is if you can move the way, if you can move easily, if you got quick feet and you can be on balance and you play with great body control. And that's what Paris Johnson did. You know, you want to use the term dancing bear. You want to use the term he looked like a 311 pound power forward out there. Whatever you want to say, uh, Paris Johnson was outstanding. The Juan Jones is going in the other direction. The Juan Jones didn't work out at uh, Pro Day, sat on his combine numbers, did not even get on the scale at Pro Day. And there were a lot of people who were very upset about that. He hung around in gray sweats all day, talked to a few people. But from what I'm hearing, with they're going in opposite directions. You know, you come out of the uh, Senior Bowl, he had that one great day of Senior Bowl practice, then he packed it up and he left. He did okay at the Combine, and now he seems to be basically shutting it down before the draft, which is the worst thing that could happen. Paris Johnson, I think, has cemented himself as a top 10 pick. I think DeWan Jones is moving down into the later part of round two because of what's going on since that great first day of practice at the Senior Bowl. All right, let's go out west now for a couple other offensive tackles, Tony. Braden Daniels out of Utah and then Brake Freeland, who is the big tackle that we've talked a lot about here, uh, especially when he was out at, at the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile. Yeah, I'm told that uh, Daniels was put through a rigorous half-hour workout at the Utah Pro Day, could play any of the five positions on the offensive line. That came from someone else. I, I like him more as an interior guy, either a guard, maybe a center, but he looked very athletic. He moved very well. I believe he was also 307 pounds, which was more than 10 pounds heavier than, than his combine weight, but he still looked very, very good. He looked very athletic. He's an explosive guy. The thing with Daniels is he's just got to get stronger, and that should come uh, you know, with maturity, get, getting into an NFL weight training program, absolutely solidified, cemented himself as a middle-round pick, potential late-day-two pick uh, with his pro-day workout. All right, and then how about Blake Freeland? Yeah, Freeland is, you know, I mentioned before, DeWan Jones was moving down draft boards. Freeland's going the other way. He's heading up draft boards. He's probably going to be an early uh, day two pick. Uh, ran a uh, short shuttle in the four threes. Ran a uh, three cone in the seven twos. Both great marks. They had him do all kinds of funky, uh, almost defensive lineman-like drills where he was picking up tennis balls to show his bend and his flexibility. He was fluid. He was the athlete you expected him to see. Again, he's a guy who, like Daniels, has just got to get a little bit stronger, show some more power in his game. But when you see his combine numbers, when you watch the film, you know he's got the athleticism. <clears throat> he's also got excellent size, which means he's got some growth potential. So I think Freeland has really helped himself through the process, solidified his upward mobility, at uh, upward uh, draft stock mobility uh, during pro day workout. I think he's going to go earlier than people think. I don't think he's going to get past the middle of round two. No Luke Whipler propaganda from the Ohio State Pro Day, Tony? Well, you know, it's funny. It's <laughs> Luke Whipler propaganda. Ah, I actually met his mom. Uh, she, was very <laughs> nice, she was a very nice one. couple things on Whipler. Are you a member of the family now, Tony? Have you been adopted? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I probably am because I, I told his mother this. It's funny. If you go to NFL.com, you look at Luke Whipler's uh, combine results. They have his 10 split as 1.83 but when you look at the you know what the what they send out to nfl teams 
His 10-yard split is actually 1.73, 1.74, and it's a tenth faster. The official time is a tenth faster than what NFL.com has been broadcasting, which is major oh, for a guy is. who's supposed to be a, a zone block is a zone blocking prospect. And as I said to uh, people, I said, you know, Whipler had a terrific pro day workout. The only problem is, is he was working out with Paris Johnson, who was phenomenal. So, you know, you, you kind of, it, it's sort of like what I said about Marvin Harrison Jr. versus Smith and Jigger running the routes. I mean, Whipler was really good, but you wouldn't have known it only because Paris Johnson was so exceptional. All right, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Our man at a time away at a bar a, at a Northwestern, Tony, and after blowing up the senior bowl, no one could block him. I thought he was the best defensive lineman there, and other people thought Benton was better. I, I would respectfully disagree with that. Yeah. He blows up the combine with a ridiculously sub-4, 5, 40-yard dash. And then, you know, he sounds like Monica Sells a little bit running his drills at the Pro Day in Northwestern with all his grunting. But, man, and he seems like a great kid, too. He was awesome at the podium, great in interviews. Yeah. I think he has a real chance to be an end-of-first-round pick, and I yeah. wonder if some teams might like him more than Kalaja Kansi, to be quite honest with you. How could you not? I mean, how could you not? I mean, he's bigger than Kansi. He's taller than Kansi. He ran faster than Kansi. And I mean, by the way, his arms are like three and a half inches longer than Kansi's. Everyone talks about Kansi's 40 time. Well, I mean, Edwambi ran almost two tenths faster. And, and he looks, I mean, he looks like a big, he's a big broad shoulder guy. You talk about how good he was at the podium. I actually got to meet him at the Omni Hotel in the Combine. We actually talked about track and field a lot because he was a discus thrower and a shot put thrower. And then two days later, I was walking through the hotel and he recognized me. So that says something about him. As far as the uh, pro day workout, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of freaky things tend to happen at the end of round one in the draft. There's talk that he could end up at the end of round one in that draft with the work, with the drills that he did at that at pro day. He, you know, he's not just a fast guy because <clears throat> sometimes you get guys who are 40 fast and then they can't translate that athleticism or that movement skill into drills under the football field. He did that during pro day. And there was a real buzz about him. Again, as you said, phenomenal for all three days at senior bowl practice, blew up the combine, impressed people at pro day, continued upward uh, swing on his uh, draft stock. Probably not first round tape in fairness, but I think he's really helped himself since then. Well, wow. and it's true because you got to remember, there's not a whole lot of talent in Northwestern. So it's wow. very easy to concentrate and focus on a guy like that and take him out of the game. Hey, you I, watch I, him I versus the, Ohio State, Tony. He held his own. He was good against a very good Ohio State team. I, I think the one thing with him is where do you play him at the next level? Is he a three-technique tackle? I think that's where he goes. Me, is he a defensive end in a four-man front? Can he handle the duties of uh, 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 ending a three-man front if you're a playing five gap yeah. systems? So it, it's a question of where do you play him at the next level? All right, let's go to another defensive lineman. Viliami Fajoko out of San yeah. Jose State, someone else we haven't talked about. Is he brother to, to, to the semi Fajoko who got drafted by the Cowboys a couple years ago? Do you know? Uh, no, you're, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the no spot. Idea. I just figured there's not that many Fajokos out there. There you go. <laughs> um san jose state uh he's a guy that when you watch him on film I, I i mean he plays like his hair's on fire he never gives up he's constantly finding ways to make plays he's an athletic guy pro day workout came in at 282 pounds which was six uh, pounds heavier than his combine rate weight weight ran a 472 in the 40 did great was outstanding in defensive line drills i mean this is a guy where 
you know, you, you talk about at a Bawari where the tape really doesn't match the athleticism or the production does. That, that that's not the case with Fahoku. I mean, because the tape is brilliant. It's really good. I mean, he makes a lot of plays and he's omnipresent. And now he's got these combine and pro day marks and he looked good during pro day drills. No one's talking about this cat. I could absolutely see him uh, sliding into the late part of day three. Pardon me. By the way, uh, I looked up his little NFL.com draft profile here. They don't mention Semifahoko, uh, who I believe went to Stanford, Tony, if I'm not mistaken, right? The wide receiver yeah, a couple yes. years ago. But he is second cousin to Vita Vea. So wow. there you go. There you go. So there is some familiar there. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to linebacker. Will McDonald, Tony. Uh, he's a guy that, again, at the senior bowl, he showed off his spin move. He's was just a different level of athlete than all the other edge players yeah. there. He did a real good job at the combine, too. What do you hear about him from the Ohio State Pro Day? Yeah, from the Iowa State Pro Day, yeah. When he, I say Ohio, sorry, Iowa State, yes. Uh, ran in the low four sixes wearing a short sleeve hoodie, uh, which uh, which uh, people say, well, if, if you wore a T-shirt rather than the hoodie, you probably would have ran in the high four fives because of the uh, without the drag resistance. Looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he stole the show as people expected him to be, uh, expect him to do. Uh, ran the four in what I was told he ran a 6.60 in the three cone. Woo. And then he told a team that, well, I touched the cone. No one saw him touch the cone, but you know, honest Abe here tells the teams he's going to, I touched the cone. They haven't run it again. He runs a six eight Oh, but a lot of the teams said, well, we didn't see him touch the cone the first time. So we're keeping the six, six Oh, he's got that athleticism. The one criticism I heard about McDonald during his pro day is he's too fast for his body because he can be all over the place because he's such a good athlete. <laughs> he's just got to learn to, you know, keep it in tight. Um, I asked what positions are they looking at, uh, looking at McDonald for the next level? You all said three, four outside linebacker who you can drop off the line into coverage on occasion. So again, yeah. I don't know that he's going to go late first round. He's got that great athleticism. He, he didn't have a real good season in 2022. Didn't live up to expectations. But it, but he'll be off the board within the first twelve to fifteen picks around two. And he has a lot of production. You know, he had I think two. I think didn't he have back to back double digit sack seasons as a sophomore and junior, if I recall correctly. That's why. Yeah. Uh, that's why people he entered the uh, season, uh, the two thousand twenty two season as a potential first round pick, didn't meet expectations. I think a lot of that has to do with the system at uh, Iowa State because they had him oftentimes coming out of a three point stance. Uh, it was 245 pounds of pro day. His playing weight was close uh, as college playing weight was closer to 235, 238. So uh, it was a struggle against some of those big offensive tackles. Yeah. I talked to him at the, uh, at the senior bowl, just standing next to him. He's very lean. He's not, yeah, I think, yeah, I, he's not a four, three D end. He's definitely a stand-up guy outside and kind of a designated pass rusher uh, on third downs. I think if teams miss out on Nolan Smith in the first round, Tony, they really like that type of player. He's kind of like, I don't, the poor man's, I hate to use that expression, but the poor man's Nolan Smith. That's the type of guy you're going to get with him, I think. I think Nolan Smith is more complete. The only thing is, is if yes, you miss out on Nolan Smith, you're going to miss out on him in late first round. Uh, McDonald's not going to be there late second round for you. True. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we'll see. Nolan Smith might be top 15 now for all we know, but I agree. I, I would trust Nolan Smith dropping in coverage against the run a little bit more too than I would McDonald. I think that's fair. That's why he's a better player. All right. Let's go to a couple of defensive backs. Daniel Scott out of Cal, Tony. This is someone we haven't talked about much on this program. Guy who has been, you know, just quietly moving up draft boards. Entered the season, looked upon as like a street-free agent type of prospect. Ran well. Uh, I'm sorry, had a good senior season. Played reasonably well at the Senior Bowl. 
Ran well at the uh, combine, had good shuttle times during his pro day, showed a lot of uh, ball skills in, in his pro day in the sense that backpedal, hip, uh, fluid hips. You know, here's a guy who was projected to be a, an undrafted free agent, maybe a camp invite in September with the, with the senior season, with the senior bowl combine and the pro day. He may now sneak into the late part of day three, especially when you think about how thin the safety class is. Uh, people like his brain, obviously went to Cal, so he's a smart guy. Uh, you watch the film. He doesn't have mental lapses. And again, the question with him was the athleticism. And I think he, he's answered a lot of those questions at the combine, at the pro day with his shuttle times. All right. Finally, Anthony Johnson, cornerback out of Virginia, Tony. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a guy who he was a, he was listed at on NFL.com as four six two. A lot of teams had him at uh, four five four. I'm told his position drills were so good during pro day that scouts actually gave him a, a standing ovation. Well, scouts usually stand at that pro day, so they were giving him a, a big uh, round of applause. Well, it would be very cold if they all sat down after exactly. he finished. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, he, he's a big guy. He's a tall guy. He's very fluid. I think even at four five four or four five six, the deep speed is a concern. But he's a physical cornerback. They just love his skills. They love his fluidity, and he's got the underlying ability to be a corner at the next level. It's just what type of system are you going to play him in? Because you can't match him, pair him up against a four three receiver. Because if he doesn't get the jam on the receiver, can't slow him up at the line of scrimmage. There's a good chance that the receiver is going to go streaking by him. But the thing with Johnson is this. After the combine, people thought, you know, he'd run himself out of the combine. Now you're looking at the water seeking its own level. He solidified himself as a middle round choice. Water seeking its own level. I like it, Tony. Very good. My dad used to say that to me all the time. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, before we say goodbye, what are you looking forward to uh, the next week or so that fans should be keeping their eyes on as we head to our next draft season uh, airing next Wednesday? Well, obviously, uh, later this week is the TCU Pro Day. We're going to see what Quentin Johnson does. There's a lot of talk. You know, I, I mean, I think everybody expects Quentin Johnson to go out there and run the high four threes, the low four fours. Let's keep an eye on that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Is he going to run, Tony? Uh, I'm told right now, very likely he will run. I just don't think he's going to run as fast as a lot of people think. So, uh, and again, with Johnson, you know, you're talking about a guy where the size and the speed were the greatest attributes because of the inconsistency catching the ball, because of the poor route running. And you figure, well, okay, we'll be able to teach that all along. You know, if Quentin Johnston comes out of pro day running four, five, three, four, five, five, you know, now you're talking about not only, uh, you know, falling behind Smith and Najiba. And, and, and Addison, maybe Jalen Hunt. Now maybe he's number four in that pecking order at the receiver position. Kansas State goes uh, later this week. Want to see how their defensive end does. Uh, you know, it's all, all. And then you're going to have the guys who were injured who are going to try and get some pro days in or get some workouts in their own personal pro days before the draft. And Anthony Richardson as well will do the exactly. uh, thing at Florida. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. Guys, enjoy it. Uh, again, we're going to have one draft season a week until the draft. We'll probably do two draft week, a mock draft on one day, and then we'll kind of do a quickie. Uh, Tony, what he's hearing the latest of on Wednesday. We'll try to do that maybe Wednesday morning. We'll get it up right away so it's timely. And we'll do our mock draft on Monday that week as we head into draft season here uh, with only about a month to go to the draft. Tony, good stuff, my friend. Always good to talk to you, brother. See you next week. For Tony Pauline, I'm John Schmelk. This is draft season.